Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! I ain't farting on no snare drum. Hello, and welcome to <laughs> Little Marty, the only podcast that I'm aware of dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy Deeds. Jeremy Deeds. I like you're sticking with it. I like it. I guess so. I mean, maybe my name should be <laughs> I, I should actually take a Martin Scorsese name now that I'm thinking about it. I should be like Jeremy Christ. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or or Jeremy uh Jeremy the Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jeremy the Butcher. Yeah, Jeremy the Butcher. I mean that that is just kind of a cooler name than I deserve, if we're being frank. <laughs> I could put a chopping sound effect. Ah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how chopping sounds. Well, yeah. Um. Oh my God, Eric, you have to, you have to forgive me. You have to give me just one second. I have to open and close my washing machine. It's beeping at me. Love it. Love it. Let's see if I can fill this time, or if I'm going to be cutting any of this out while you're gone fixing that situation so we are uh we're going through the works of uh martin scorsese adam sandler chronologically uh we did mention on a previous episode we will be kind of doing some of the more uh uh obscure not obscure but some of the some of the films that sandler doesn't star in uh such as coneheads yeah, and shakes Co- the clown brian we're gonna be doing down. those on uh, brian Warris yeah. Warris down on, on, on uh, coneheads yeah, so we will be doing uh, you know some of those uh, in the Patreon uh, version of this podcast. And Jeremy, what? How do people get to that Patreon? Well, wait, the first thing you have to do is you have to find a computer. Now this can be kind of hard because they don't just give these away. You have to go to a store and actually buy a computer. And if you don't already have one, you can't buy one online. It's so. more confusing than you would think. <laughs> I was at my local grocer the other day. I spent mm-hmm. a good 45 minutes, could not find the computer section, and yeah. I gave up. So. It was hard. It's hard. It's hard. They, they Usually at the grocery store, they have those located at the back. So make sure yeah. you ask the, the grocery store clerk where it is. And they might not know. They might tell you right away, hey, we don't sell computers here. But then just... just just keep asking each clerk as you go down down the row. <laughs> yeah. One of them's bound to know. <laughs> so once you actually have a computer, well, you get on the internet. And once you're on the internet, you go into your uh, web browser of choice. It could be, you know, Google Chrome. It could be Mozilla Firefox. It could be IE, Internet Explorer. And uh, you go up to the little, the little, uh, the little, uh, I call it a typing tube. It's a little tube at the top where you, where you type. Yeah. You can type things in, and you go to uh, a, a little website called www.patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy, and there you can you can actually give us money and listen to like a hundred billion hours worth of more content from this show. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration. No, I've just Jeremy and I started this podcast about two years ago, mm-hmm. 
We both hit record. Haven't stopped rolling. No, all we that have stuff not is up rolling. there. Yeah. You can listen to us, you know, taking showers. You can listen to us, you know, uh, I don't know, giving a giving each other, giving ourselves pep talks in the mirror. All the embarrassing things that you do in your personal life, you can hear us doing that. We're doing them. Yeah, exactly. You can hear us doing those things. So we highly recommend that you head over to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy where you can find, I mean, just a slew. A gosh dang slew of bonus content, including uh, coverage from the uh, the early 90s television series Tales from the Crypt. You can mm. hear coverage on, um, on, uh, on uh, what well, we, we recently Muppets. did Mafia Month, which was a month, uh, a, f- a few months back, where we covered a bunch of Mafia movies all in a row. And this month, we're working on the Muppets. So if you're listening to this in the future... That month might be over, but yeah. I believe <laughs> I actually believe this is our last week. Or, or are we doing one more? I think we're I think we're doing one more, Jeremy. We're very you know, cool, very cool. About to record an episode on uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah, and um, who knows what the next one will be? But uh, I think we'll we'll have to do one more um, because you know, in my opinion, Jeremy, and this yeah. is just me, mm-hmm. four weeks. That's a month, baby. Yeah, four weeks, that is a month, yeah. Even if we started that four weeks in the middle of the month, you got to close the loop. you got to finish out that cycle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Jeremy, speaking of loops and cycles, uh-huh. um, none of those things have anything to do with Airheads, right. the 1994 <laughs> comedy crime music film. Um, I don't know that I'd necessarily call this a music film. Yeah, Besides I mean the it's characters just being musicians. Right. They yeah, it's very like music centric. There's a lot mm. of talking about music. But it's not like school of rock. You know what I mean? We're not like bursting into song here. But anyway, right. Jeremy it's not like Airheads. Rouge. <laughs> First of all, how did you watch Airheads? YouTube in a tiny window. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's this this film is nowhere to be found. I cannot give somebody money to get a copy of Airheads unless I want to get a physical DVD, which Eric, I just can't have those in my house anymore. It's Blu-rays only yeah. unless it, unless unless you are the series jackass. <laughs> You're the only DVD I'm, I'm allowing in the house. Uh, I mean, come on. Give us a criterion uh Airheads. Yes. Yeah. I want I want the only two Sandler criterions to be <laughs> punch drunk love and airheads <laughs> yeah 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 i think it's um you know i i believe a couple of our listeners a couple of our patrons over there uh mentioned uh to seek out the dvd so i did do that i did order one from ebay uh for like seven dollars or something and uh i think it, it i didn't look too much into it but i think it's like a music rights thing i think it's similar to like how northern exposure you can't get it you know with that original music um in the united states i think it has something to do with that but uh yeah so i did watch the i did watch the uh the dvd i gotta say I was kind of looking forward to some bonus features and i don't know if it's the version that i got but uh nothing good Oh yeah, no. I'm. Yeah. I, I I would have guessed that there wouldn't no have been any uh, any good bonus features on this. I imagine this is a film that a lot of people who made it want to forget they made it for whatever reason. I don't know. So we'll we'll get into it. But you've seen Airheads before, have you? Oh yeah. Or no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've when seen did Airheads. You first, uh, it, it was it, this movie. 
It was on Comedy Central. Like they, this is one of those movies that when we were growing up, Eric, they would just like play on a loop on Comedy Central. Um, and so I saw it like you know with commercial breaks or whatever, but watched it several times. Always thought it was very funny. Always, always really liked it as a kid. What about you? Yeah, so I will forever um, feel you know just warm and fuzzy and uh, happy when I watch this movie because it's one of those it's one of those sick day movies that I saw. Oh. I saw this for the first time probably on Comedy Central. I did see it on cable uh, at like you know two p.m. on like a Tuesday when I was <laughs> sick in uh, probably middle school, and uh, I loved it. It was a great time. Um, so I'm always like nostalgic for that point in my life when I, when I watch this movie, but also I have watched this movie a bunch and I just really like it. I don't know. It's like a fun, uh, I like a fun kind of hostage comedy, I guess. I can't think of another, (laughs) another example of one, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a good movie. I also like to rock Jeremy. So this is right up my alley. Sure. Yeah. Of course. I, um... Yeah, I I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, so it was cool to cool to go back, you know, check it out, see what it was all about. So the Sandman at this point, just to kind of put this into context here, um, he did shakes the clown. He was in shakes the clown. Famously, and he was he also was, in Going Overboard. <laughs> also in Going Overboard, which we we did do an episode on that. Uh, and what, there was something else, um, Coneheads. was, uh, yeah, Coneheads, Coneheads. Uh, so after this, Jeremy, we are getting, uh, there is mixed nuts, but then, then we're getting right into Billy Madison. Um, so Airheads, I'm trying to figure out when Sandler got on SNL, Adam Sandler, SNL. It was 92, I think. Oh, okay. So All in right. Airheads, he had been on SNL for a little while. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a SNL star at this point. Yes, um, and I don't know this is, this is, this movie. He's not necessarily the star of this film, but uh, I would say these three guys are kind of just co-stars. I think maybe Brendan Fraser is like the main guy. Yeah, but I just kind of consider them all co-stars. Yeah, I mean it kind of has the same vibe as like a Darjeeling Limited, where it's like. We're going on a little journey with these three pals instead of yeah. one per. But yeah, I think they're they're definitely trying to make Brendan Fraser, who is the big star in this film. You know what I mean? Like he is the mm-hmm. the only one who I think would sell tickets. Maybe Chris Farley could sell some tickets, but he's just a little bit player in this. Steve Buscemi. Um, had done like Reservoir Dogs up to this yeah. point, but I don't think he had done uh, Fargo yet. Which okay. f- which Fargo is the big mo- movie that he does. I think, yeah, that's in '96 is Fargo, and that's the movie that really puts Steve Buscemi on the map. You know, um, so yeah, if you want to, you know, taking a little trip back in time. You might not have seen this movie in theaters because you'd be like, 
Oh, who's in it? Well, I don't like Brendan Fraser, and I don't know who anyone else is. Maybe, <laughs> I guess Ernie Hudson, like, he's from Ghostbusters, but I don't, and Michael McKean, you know, Spinal Tap, if you were a fan of that. It's just, like, these people I don't think are selling lots of tickets. And it seems like no. they're all uh, they're all very similar in their careers, too. Like, Michael Richards is in the film, but uh, he is, uh, you know, a bit player, and, the you know, Seinfeld is a television show. So I don't know if it's, you know, he has the, you know, draw power. It's also there. I feel like rock comedies, uh, just aren't going to like, just historically don't do very well. Like airheads made basically half of its money back at the box office. Oh yeah. 11.2 million budget domestic 6.8 or 5.8 million at the box office. Hey, Um, uh, Eric, what are some of your uh-huh. favorite other rock comedies? I was going to mention, um, I haven't seen it in a long time, but um, you know The Boat That Rocked, also known as Pirate Radio? Oh, with uh, is this with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've seen, I saw that in theaters. I don't remember how funny that movie was, but I remember, I remember liking it. It is categorized as a comedy but uh yeah other rock comedies i mean i don't know i guess we mentioned school of rock i, I kind of like school of rock i like school of rock a lot have you ever seen the movie detroit rock city yes i like i liked that movie i don't know what i would think of it now i don't remember yeah i hardly remember any of it but it's like a that's a fun that's definitely a fun movie would you consider days and confused to be a rock comedy i think so yeah yeah, so there so. there are some definitely some good ones, but it seems like a lot of them might be cult hits and not like I none of the movies we mentioned sold sold tons of tickets. So, hey Jeremy, you know what my favorite rock comedy movie is? <laughs> the remake of Baywatch. <laughs> I was gonna say the Pacifier, but I oh the Tooth Fairy. I should have said the Tooth Fairy. That's a better. That's you a know better, what my uh, favorite rock. A comedy is Eric. What's that? It's uh that movie starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, great stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of any other rock comedy. Oh, I guess I would consider also Wayne's World. I would consider the Wayne's World movies rock comedies as well. Anyway, would you consider uh, a film like? Uh, what was it? Year one, or something like uh, like uh, you know that what was that movie with Michael Sarah and Jack Black? Is it called Year One? I think that it was Year One. Yeah, yeah. It came yeah. out at the same time where there was another. There was a Will Ferrell prehistoric movie. There were like two prehistoric comedies. Oh, like Land of the Lost or something. At the same time, yeah. Anyways, I was trying to think of a movie with a lot of rocks in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, free Solo. I guess that's not a comedy, but the guy does <laughs> climb a very big rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good rock comedy. Okay. We should do this for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, Airheads, uh, let's see, uh, directed by Michael Lehman, who has since done a lot of television. Uh, he did direct uh, a bunch of the Larry Sanders show. Oh, that's good. Like. That's cool. Larry Sanders uh, and then went show. on t- to direct uh, Heather's, a uh, bunch of American Horror Story, 
Heather's is that a sh- is that the the show Heather's or not the not the film the movie the film oh he directed the the film Heather's I believe so oh that's awesome yeah so. Heather's yeah. is great Heather's Heather's is really good and you know what Heather's isn't um like too dissimilar from this like it's like taking like a genre like a teen comedy and then making it incredibly dark and like what if there was a lot of violence involved in this <laughs> yeah. uh, teen comedy and that's sort of what this is is like a rock movie where these this band really wants to uh you know make it big but the the shtick is well the way they're gonna do it is they're gonna kidnap an entire radio station <laughs> right um let's see here Direct or written by Jeremy, the writer for uh, 2002's Triple X, starring Vin Diesel. Dang. Uh, a guy named Rich Wilkes. Dang. Um, yeah, I think this guy like started his career must have just started with like rock comedy. He he wrote a movie called The Stoned Age, and then Airheads, and then later on Glory Days with. D-A-Z is how it's spelled, and I think that stars Ben Affleck, if I'm thinking of the right Oh, movie. yeah, and it's like a college. Yeah, it's like one of those VHS covers you would see at Blockbuster, uh, and and like I can remember the cover and always looking at it, and even as someone who loved like stupid comedies, I was like, ah, that one looks like it's going to be bad, so yeah. I never watched it. It's also got Sam Rockwell in it and French Stewart. Uh, I, Garrick, I'm I'm shocked you didn't mention the Jerky Boys movie, <laughs> which he also wrote. The Jerky Boys is a blind spot for me, to be honest with you. I, I I'm not uh, super familiar with them. I mean, same, but funny, you know. <laughs> uh, let's see. The death metal band Cannibal Corpse was originally set to play in the movie, but when the producers found that they live that they played in Ace Ventura Pet Detective, 1994, uh, the producers opted for White Zombie. I yeah. did not realize that that is uh, the band Cannibal Corpse in, in Ace Ventura Pet oh, Detective. Oh, you did it? Oh, man. No. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> it is. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. That's uh, one, of the, one of the all-time great like band in a movie trivia things, like The Offspring and Idle Hands, you know? Yeah. Um, Chaz, Brandon Fraser's character, was originally supposed to be played by John Cusack. Oh, that would have been good too. Yeah, that would have been a good casting too. I, it's weird. Do you like? Do you like Brendan Fraser? I kind of do. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Mummy. I like those movies. I think he's good. Um, I think part of that too is like, I think this was the first, uh, Brendan Fraser movie I really watched this. And, uh, I was, you know, one of the very lucky, uh, young, young boys to receive a, a VHS copy of monkey bone. Oh, as a gift yes, <laughs> one year. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> a movie that I've probably lucky. started and never finished, uh, like six or seven times throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Hey, one day, one day, you'll one of these days. Monkey bone. Yeah, hey, maybe during, uh, oh, I was going to say, I thought we decided we were going to do a Catan month, but now I'm realizing that we're doing, uh, what was your name for the Rob Schneider? The Schneider Cut. 
The Schneider Cut. Yeah, stay tuned for the Schneider Cut on the Patreon. We'll be covering, uh, you know, the animal and stuff like that. Um, let's see. First film with Sandler and Buscemi together. But this seems like it's it it's struck up a friendship uh, forged in flame. I mean, these two will work together again a million times. They love each other. Yeah, they're besties. They, um, yeah, like Sandler has put Steve Buscemi in like almost every single one of his movies after this. Uh, so KPPX 103.3 is based on a Long Beach radio station, uh, which went off the air six months after this movie aired arrived in theaters. Uh, it had a rock heavy metal format and even used "If it's too loud, you're too old" as a slogan. Uh, ironically, this movie was released around the same time the staff announced that the radio station was going to change formats. Um, yeah. Anyway, based on a real radio station. That's cool. Um, my favorite cameo. Can you guess, Jeremy, in this movie? Is it Farley? No, but that's a good one. Uh, we get two of my favorite, two of my favorite dudes from the '90s. We get Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh, calling in. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Which yeah, is like the weirdest good. breaking of reality <laughs> in a movie, <laughs> but, but it's, it somehow it, works. It works really well, and it makes a lot of sense. Very into that cameo. Um, what did you think about the cameo of like uh, Rob Zombie and uh, and uh, the other guy? Who's the other guy? It's Rob Zombie and uh, uh, I don't know that I uh, Kurt recognized. Loder. Where are they in the uh, in the film? <sighs> Man, I don't know. Also, Lemmy Kilmeister's in it. He's the school right. magazine editor. Um, just a bunch of like cool like rocker guys, you know. Uh, White zombies also in it. Um, let's see here. So Alan Covert is also in the film. Yes, Covert. Mm-hmm. Harold um, Ramis. Some good, some some good. There's some like good music in this movie, and also bad music. I bet like what I would consider to be not my favorite kind of rock music. But I will say they use uh, maybe my favorite replacement song. They they do unsatisfied at the mm. end, which is very good. I'm um, not a big like rough, like heavy metal fan. Me neither. I don't so, get it. Yeah, I'm not. That's why like. Uh, you know, movies like this, I'm always like, you know, I get it. It's a fun vibe, but the music is not why I'm coming to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Motorhead is one of those ones where, like, a, a kid that was annoying in high school really liked Motorhead, so I've just never even, like, considered getting into Motorhead. Oh, sure. Um but yeah, I also don't like, is Lemmy one of those characters that's kind of like, he's like a uh, real macho? I don't really like super macho musicians. I think I think so, but it, it's weird because it's like macho, but also like devil worship or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's kind of a right. weird, me, heavy metal uh, or death metal is kind of like a weird macho because it's like, 
man, all those people who listen to metal are nerds. You know what I mean? They're all dorks, like like comic book dorks. But they, but you know, there is this like sort of violence to it, this sort of aggression. So maybe, yeah, yeah maybe that reads as macho. It's like all of our listeners to our podcast. Exactly, they're all just aggressive dudes. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Well, let's just go into the plot. I'm not finding too much, you know. Yeah, I mean that. Like, and that's what I'll, I want to preface this episode by saying: like, Airheads is 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 a fun enough movie, and it seems sort of arbitrary that this one is like not really celebrated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not any worse than a lot of these other like Sandler comedies from the nineties. It's not that much different, but it seems just arbitrarily like this one's not as popular. There's not a lot of information about the film out there. We don't have a good, you know, like Blu-ray transfer of it. We it's not streaming anywhere. It seems like there's something about this movie that, like, maybe somebody who made it, again, wanted to, like, people didn't, like, weren't proud of it or something. And I, I just don't really understand yeah. why, because it's, it's it, like, I think you'd agree, Eric, like, even, like, without the rose-colored nostalgia glasses, it's it's a fine enough movie. It's, it's not... I actually think it's a great movie. Like, I think it's, um, I think the premise is, like, really fun. It's, like, one of those premises, I kind of, you know, I think the last time i talked about this was stay tuned where i'm like okay the premise of this movie is something that was going to be done like inevitably you know what i mean like a a rock band taking over a um radio station for airtime or whatever and uh I, i think it's done really well i actually you know what i hate uh i don't hate them but i i i dislike most uh remakes of films and i don't know that I'd be disappointed if we got an Airheads remake at some point. Not that I think that this one needs to be improved on. Now that I'm saying this, though, I'm realizing that radio does not exist. Dude. But maybe like a period. awesome, uh, though. Like it's set in the 90s or something. (laughs) Yeah, if they remade this movie and they made it in a modern setting but didn't change a single specific. So it's like... Like weirdo yeah. metalheads that like are out, completely out of time, like hijack a Sirius XM radio, <laughs> like a station. Yes, oh, if I were writing a com- a comedy sketch uh, based on Airheads, it would be Airheads, but it's like current day, so they like uh, you know break into this radio station, but nobody cares. Yeah, no one's even there, <laughs> or they yeah. break into like a guy's podcasting living room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I hope Brian doesn't hijack our podcast at God, some point. Brian would. He would. That rascal. Okay, let's yeah. get into the plot. All right. Chaz, Rex, and Pip in a Los Angeles hard rock band called the Lone Rangers who are continuously turned down as they get, as they try to get uh, their demo tape heard by producers. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're kind of like seeing these guys exist in their you know, real life. Brendan Fraser is just like sitting around playing video games. He's yeah. kind of like not nice to his girlfriend. He's just a um, lazy rocker, man. You know? Just He's, a lazy rocker. Just a lazy rocker. I also like the idea of these guys. Like there's pretty early on, we, we see them go and watch this band 
Mm-hmm. And like they're at this concert and they're watching this band rock out and they're just Sons of Thunder, there, like, I think is yeah, the name. Sons yeah. of Thunder. Mm-hmm. And they're just standing there like judging it. Yeah. Like uh That's so real though. That's ex- that's got, so what is. doing comedy yeah. or anything is like. Like when I was in bands too. Were you ever in bands, Eric? I can't remember. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was in yeah, when I was in bands, that's what all we would do is watch the other bands play and be like these guys. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, after scolding him for being lazy, Chaz's girlfriend kicks him out of her apartment. They decide to get the local rock station KPPX to play their reel-to-reel tape on the air and attempt to break in through the back door. So, I don't know. I like the, um, I really like the casting in this movie. I like, I mean, obviously we got the three guys, but I don't even know his name, but the guy who, who like originally turns Chaz down. Oh, like a great Judd Nelson. Annoying... Oh, that's Judd Nelson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's like a great, annoying, like mean producer guy. Yeah. Um, Michael McKean is great. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Joe, Joe Montan- Montagna, Montana, Joe, Mon- Joe Montagna as the uh, DJ. It's pretty good. Yes. Uh, after several... Uh, unsuccessful attempts, a station employee comes out to smoke and they keep the door from shutting behind her. Um, once inside, laid-back DJ Ian the Shark begins talking with them uh, on the air. Uh, station manager, here's, and, you know, I try not to get too hung up with a movie like this. I try not to get too hung up on these kinds of things. But the radio DJ swings the one microphone away from his face mm-hmm. to point to these three guys that just came into the studio and he's like leaned back in his chair. Yeah. They should, it, it seemed like that microphone would not pick up his voice. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not to, I mean, not to like, you know. We don't know how microphones work in this film. That's okay. That's okay. Not to nitpick. But, A lot uh, of audiences probably don't know how microphones work either, so. Um, after Milo insults Rex by calling him Hollywood Boulevard trash, he and Chaz pull out realistic looking water pistols and demand airplay. Yeah. Um, but this is great, by the way, because uh, as somebody who just watched Mortal Kombat over the weekend, um, uh, that movie never actually gets to Mortal Kombat. But this movie, 18 minutes in, boom. We're in the premise. Like the premise is happening live. And it's great. I just like how the the you know the first act or whatever doesn't take like forty five minutes to get going. You know what I mean? So that what do you mean by that with Mortal Kombat? I haven't. I don't think I plan on watching it. So but, uh, you know how when we watched Mortal Kombat, the first like the original Mortal Kombat film, I think like thirty minutes into that movie, Mortal Kombat starts. Like they they do all the intros to all the characters, and they get to the island, and then they start fighting. Like that's yeah. that's like thirty minutes into the movie of like an hour and a half long film. Uh, this Mortal Kombat movie, forty five minutes in, they were still like setting up the characters, and I was like, turned to my buddy, and I was like, "What is going on? Like, when <laughs> are we going to have a Mortal Kombat or not?" And then yeah, and then arguably they never really have a Mortal Kombat. Like Mortal Kombat, the like the actual tournament doesn't actually begin. They, they, there's a lot of fighting that happens later, but... Is there a sequel set up? 
I think the, uh, that's what's end. happening. Is they're setting up for a that's sequel annoying. where they're going to gather more of Earth's forces to. It's not a good movie. I'll tell you that. I did not enjoy okay. New Mortal Kombat. Um, there is a, some really great fight scenes in it, but not not uh not anywhere near as good as that as that original Mortal Kombat. That almost sounds like uh like a spoof of, a, of an action movie would do that. Like uh, I'm thinking of. You know MacGruber? Spoiler for MacGruber, by the way, but like the first 20 minutes of that movie is him assembling a team, and then the team is all together in a van, and the van blows up. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's great. Man, we should do MacGruber for, for no reason. We should have MacGruber month where we just oh, do, we just do MacGruber times. four times. Yeah. I would yeah. love that. I've actually never seen MacGruber, so... Um, after setting up an old reel-to-reel for the demo, the tape begins to play, but is quickly destroyed when the player malfunctions. That's also such a like amateur musician uh, thing that Chaz does, where he's like, the low end on a cassette doesn't like do the song justice or whatever. Like, he, he says just, it like, makes demands. it sound like someone's stepping on his nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guys try to run, but Doug Beach, the station's accountant, had already called the police, and they see the building surrounded. Um, they negotiate with the police, who are now tasked to find Kayla, who has a cassette of the demo. Uh, since the station never went off the air, news of the hostage crisis travels quickly, and numerous hard rock metal fans begin showing up outside the radio station, interfering with police. Yeah, this is like a, kind of a thing I think that would really happen, especially in the 90s. Like, yeah, if I, you heard I, a metal band had hijacked a radio station, you'd be like, it, people would start to gather. Yeah, and you know what? That band would be infamous Oh yeah, forever. If they were a metal band... I mean, they probably, you know, after serving, I guess, jail time or whatever, they'd probably be huge. Oh, my God, yes. Um, Should we, what's a big podcast network that we can... Earwolf. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, SWAT, a SWAT team has also arrived whose leader prefers using uh, force over negotiation tactics uh, his team secretly passes a gun through a roof vent to Beach, who has been hiding in the air ducts. Another thing we get in uh, pretty much any 90s movie that is not a period piece that has any level of action to it, mm -hmm. a guy in the air ducts. There's always a sea story where there's a guy in the air ducts. Absolutely, yeah. And this comes from Die Hard, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Uh, during the crisis, it is revealed that Milo uh, had secretly signed a deal to change KPPX's format to adult contemporary, which includes having to fire uh, Ian and most of the other employees. So adult contemporary would be, it's like soft rock, basically, right? It's like Steely Dan, the Carpenters. Um, yeah, 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 I think so. You know boring stuff the eagles when this comes out ian and a few employees side with the band and turn against milo the police find kayla who arrives at the radio station to deliver the tape however the tape is damaged because she threw it out of the car earlier 
Um, is this so? This must be after Farley goes in there. Um, yeah, I think so. Finds her. Yeah. What do you think of Farley in this? Uh, funny. I mean, always funny. I I guess uh, I like you know. I mean, he has that. To me, the thing that Farley does in this uh, in this film that's so that it's like the like it's like the big moment is like the where he he rips that guy's nipple piercings out. Yeah, yeah. That's like the big the big Farley moment to me. What I like about the Farley appearance is he uses a line that this must be sort of like a Farley like ad lib or something that he uses in Billy Madison. Do you know what I'm talking about? He says, um, you know in Billy Madison when the um that he plays the school bus driver. Right. And he goes, Good, great, grand, wonderful. He uh-huh. says that. <laughs> he says those exact words in Airhead to Airheads as well. That's great. It's like this in like the same way. Um Chaz and Kayla get into an argument that quickly escalates and results in the studio console being destroyed, dashing any hopes to play the tape on the air. Um, As some of the items the band demanded from police are brought into the station, the door shuts on Rex's plastic gun, revealing it to be fake. Uh, Seeing this, some of the hostages run out, one telling the SWAT the SWAT team the band's guns are not real. I do like him just <laughs> Buscemi still like shooting hot, hot sauce at Michael McKean's face. Yeah. <laughs> and this is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um as the team assembles uh to storm the station, Beach corners the band from a low-hanging air vent. Uh Ian, knowing he no longer will have a job at the station, knocks down Beach's gun. Uh, this causes the weapon to wildly fire several rounds, and the police are forced to back off. Ian picks up the gun, but gives it to a somewhat confused Chaz in a final act of anti-establishment rebellion. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of this? I feel like this movie, like, a lot of comedies don't really escalate that well. You know what I mean? Like, normally, like... uh I don't know. This movie, I I kind of get drawn in, even even after seeing it a few times. I kind of get drawn into the story and the suspense of it, especially towards the end here when they're like, kind of out of options. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 great. Yeah, I love. Uh, I, and it's a particular kind of film. You know what I mean? Like a particular kind of. Uh, comedy that would even like it would even be applicable that it would escalate like this because it's kind of like an action comedy too yeah you know what i mean so it's like um yeah it's it's like it's like great it's like uh it's great that um they're able to kind of pull it off because seems like something that doesn't happen a, a, a ton you know ghostbusters is similar though ghostbusters escalates pretty well Oh yeah, heightens you know. Um, Jimmy Wing, a self-serving record executive who had previously turned Chaz down, comes to the radio station and offers the band a contract. They reluctantly agree to the deal, knowing they had no more options. Wing arranges an entire stage and sound system to be airlifted to the roof, 
where the band will play their song for the now huge crowd outside. To the band's dismay, they find only the PA is real and everything else is just props. Refusing to lip sync as their tape is played, they instead destroy their instruments in protest to be to the delight of the crowd and stage dive into the hands of the cheering audience. Um, one thing I will say about this movie is like, I don't like, like this song isn't very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if that's like part of the joke, if it's supposed to be funny that they're kind of like not that good, but it seems like, I wish it was either like just a really horrible song yeah. Just like really bad. And it was like all that just for this band that's like really bad. Or it was actually like kind of good. Like this song, the song that they do just seems kind of like a half-assed like, <laughs> oh, we have to make up a rock song for a movie kind uh-huh, of thing. Right. Yeah, no, it's not, again, like we kind of mentioned, not not a huge fan of the music in this. It's not just because I also don't like heavy metal, but... The Lone Rangers are next seen playing a gig inside the prison where they are incarcerated. I got an idea for this, Jeremy, by mm-hmm. the way. We should play, we should record an episode inside a prison. Oh, yeah. No, like a Johnny Cash, like inside of Folsom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do an episode on, uh, you know, uh, Big Daddy in front of right, right. a bunch of inmates. Uh, the concert, <laughs> the concert is being shown live to MTV. Uh, Ian, now their manager, says on the phone, the band will start touring in six months, or three months if they behave themselves. A final text crawl states that the Lone Rangers served three months for kidnapping, theft, and assault with hot pepper sauce. With their <clears throat> with their new album live in prison, going triple platinum. <laughs> triple platinum. What is that? Yeah. Is that three million copies sold? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, that's uh, that's Airheads, Jeremy. What uh, what'd you think of watching Airheads this time around? Uh, it's good. You know, it's 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 good. It's it's definitely not like it. it you know, for me, and I'll and I'll go ahead and give it a rating here. Um, you know, it's. I don't. I don't think I quite have the nostalgia for it that you do, but I do like it a lot. I do think it is. Uh, you know, it. Uh, and I and I will say on the on the topic of nostalgia, I have a little bit of a soft spot for it because it is something I grew up with watching. But again, like I don't think it quite uh, had the staying lasting impact that it had for you perhaps but i i do think that it's very funny it's very of a time which i like you know we talked about wayne's world a little bit and i think wayne's world is another film that's that kind of reminds me of this where it's like it's Mm -hmm. of an era you know what i mean like they don't make movies like this anymore um uh so yeah i dig it man I, i i think it's i think it's pretty i think it's pretty good pretty funny um and uh you know it mostly sidesteps any sort of like weird 90s problematic stuff uh it steps in it a few times but i think for the most part it's pretty it's it's you can watch this film and not have to like and show it to people not have to make like a ton of excuses for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah so i'm gonna give this the uh and uh, again i'm you know could could adjust this score down the road uh out of four chucky freckles i'm gonna give it a 1.75 i'm gonna give it the who's that knocking at my door score 
for being for being a good Sandler movie, and I kn- but yet I know that there's going to be a lot better ones coming up. But it's not going overboard. <laughs> yeah, I guess we didn't really talk about this. Is a Sandler podcast? We didn't really talk about Adam Sandler. That Adam much. Sandler in it. He's so. I, I, and I mean, maybe it's worth talking just because we have a, a few minutes on this that we could stretch this episode out a little bit. Like Adam Sandler, it plays like the dumb guy. He's like the young guy in the group who's like Steve Buscemi's brother, and he's like a real like a huge idiot. Like you kind of have to understand that about them about him. Um, and he's kind of the guy who's like the, you know, um, almost like, uh, Al Pacino's friend, um, uh, uh, in, uh, in Dog Day Afternoon, who's like kind of just along for the ride. He's not the Mm -hmm. master planner, you know, Sandler is like, seems like the one who wants to be doing this the least, I think, out of everybody. Um, and yeah, and he also d- doesn't understand uh, black people. It's like one of his, one of yeah, his recurring that's, jokes. Uh, no good. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 weird because like while he is the dumb guy, you don't uh, it doesn't like always feel like the jokes are in the right place. But he is an idiot, so you know it's it's kind of like you know I don't know. Not a not I'm not a good uh, uh person to decide whether or not or how exactly problematic Sandler's Sandler's uh, bits are in this, but um, he's mostly very funny. So yeah. I mean, how do you feel about Sandler in the film? One thing I'll say about this is it, you know, much unlike Billy Madison or even going overboard and, you know, a lot of the happy Gilmore, a lot of these movies, I mean, this isn't an Adam Sandler movie and it doesn't feel that way. You know, it's like, this is a movie that Adam Sandler is in. Yeah, and he's and was and, probably and it, being directed to do right. pretty much exactly what we see. Maybe he, you know, ad-libbed a little bit and stuff. But, yeah, it just seems like he, he is uh, kind of just filling the role of this character. I think he does it well, um, but it, ju- it, it just doesn't have that vibe of these early Sandler movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Agreed. Honestly, Agreed. it's not stupid enough. <laughs> it's not like as stupid as Billy Matt is. Like he's he's plays a dumb guy, but he's still like has some quality. Like he's obviously like good looking in this movie, and he's like uh, you know he's like the dumb good looking rock star. But yeah, I I I will say I think our scores are going to differ quite a bit because I do think this is a really good movie. Um. I think the premise of it is great. I think I really appreciate a comedy movie that has any sort of an engaging story at all. Like, I can laugh, but I can also get locked into what's going on. And uh, this movie does it for me. I, there is, I admit, there's some nostalgia there, but I do think that this is a good movie. I also think it's a good, like, just, like relic of time of a time period and uh it's like one of those movies like phone booth like phone booth is just a completely irrelevant movie at this point because there are not phone booths anywhere um like you could show a (laughs) movie phone booth with colin farrell to like someone who can vote now like an 18 year old and they would be like what is this is this like sci is this fantasy or something what are these things <laughs> why are people getting inside of cell phones 
what why what are um, these disgusting contraptions <laughs> that you're putting your face to yeah um said much like you know same thing with this movie it's like well radio stations uh, you know it's not really it's still like the obviously they still exist but this premise is uh as we mentioned before is probably wouldn't do as well this time around but uh yeah i really like this movie and maybe i'll lower this at some point um but i'm gonna give it a 3.25 oh a 3.25 wow that's up (laughs) there that's yeah i wonder what goodfellas is gonna get (laughs) (laughs) 1.1 no i don't know um yeah like i said i'll probably lower that over time but i'm feeling pretty good about airheads um also i meant to say when we're talking about rock comedies i've been trying to think of more if you can think of a rock comedy a good example of a rock comedy tweet it at us at hubie halloween one um Mm. also tweet us your thoughts on uh how jeremy did this episode was jeremy funny this episode yeah yeah could jeremy have given a little bit more (laughs) what were my jokes like did they (laughs) did they go over well were they were they as funny as I thought they were? <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, uh, is Jeremy Deeds really the funniest name he could have come up with? Do we like Jeremy Deeds better than than Jeremy the Butcher? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, also, tweet at us, you know, any any recommendation, any, uh, uh, what's it called? Any thoughts, any anything you want to see us do on the Patreon, we're always open to new ideas. Uh, which, by the way, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, you'll get all that weekly bonus episodes, the whole backlog of eps that we've done. Um, Jeremy, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Nah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. All right, and Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.